What's up, coaches? You're tuned in to Keep Your Pads Down, a podcast for the men in the trenches. And today, we're excited to welcome Coach Greg Frazier on to talk to us about strength training as it pertains to defensive linemen. Coach Frazier is a certified strength coach and served on the State of Texas Advisory Committee for the NSCA for two years. Coach Frazier's entire coaching career has been spent in College Station, Texas, first at A&M Consolidated High School, and currently he is the defensive line coach and strength coordinator at College Station High School. In his time as a coach, Coach Frazier has been a part of teams who have reached the state semifinals three times, and then in 2017, College Station Cougars beat the Alito Bearcats to capture the school's first ever state championship. Coach Frazier is going to share with us some things he has learned over the years about training defensive linemen and transferring strength, power, and agility and explosiveness onto the football field. So let's get started. Coach, it was your Little League baseball coach who got you interested in becoming a coach in the first place. So start off by telling us a little bit about that. His son and, and me were the same age, and he ended up being my coach for probably four or five consecutive years. And uh, he was just he was just a tremendous person, you know. And uh, he, he was a great coach, and, you know, he, he always made sure that, you know, everything was organized, and he always got us where we needed to be, and he'd come pick me up at my house if I didn't have a ride. And... I remember he, he talked to us about, you know, just doing the right thing and, and hey, you, you shouldn't smoke and you should avoid tobacco and make sure you make good choices and, and things like that. And it was just, he was just so much more than, than just our little league coach. And I can remember even at, you know, eight years old or whatever it was thinking, you know, this guy's got to figure it out. Like this guy's, he's, he's, there's something different about him. And, uh, and I just, just growing up, it was kind of one of those things where I kind of always knew I wanted to to, to be involved in service and you know, I considered the military for a while and I thought about maybe being a firefighter and, and I wanted to be a coach and all these different things kind of fired through my head but but he was always one of those guys that kind of stuck out to me and had, had great coaches in high school and got to be around great men but he was probably the first one that uh, that made just a huge impact on me as a young kid. Yeah coach we probably all have someone like that especially guys of those of us who become coaches those guys who sort of lit a spark under us and, and kind of took us under their wing. And, and, and at the time, sometimes we don't even realize that that's what, what's happening. We look back later on once we get started in our own careers and we find ourselves saying the same things that those guys said and, uh, and kind of following those principles that they taught us even when we were, when we were kids and they probably thought we weren't listening. <laughs> no doubt. I'm sure some of my kids, I don't feel like they're listening sometimes. Either, so. <laughs> well, what about becoming a, a strength coach and then becoming not just a strength coach, but to become certified and go through that process? Um, what led you down that path and, and what all does that entail to become a certified strength coach? Well, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, I wanted to be a physical therapist. You know, I, I graduated from high school and I was going to, that's, that's what the career I was going to pursue. And, uh, and I spent the first two years of college, uh, taking science classes, you know, majored in physiology and, and that's what I was going to do. And I got to the end of my sophomore year and I just, I just didn't want to do it. You know, I, uh, I watched my dad go to a job he, he hated his whole life. And, uh, I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a coach and, uh, changed my major and added an extra year to my education. You know, and that was kind of a bummer cause it cost more money, but, uh, yeah. 
but you know, I, it's what I wanted to do, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go down a road, living a lifetime of of doing something I wasn't happy with. So I, I already had the science background, but uh, you know, I, I just wanted to coach ball. To be honest with you, I, I never was sitting, you know, a junior in college thinking, hey, I'm going to be a strength coach and I want to run a weight room or anything like that. I mean, I loved lifting and, and I loved, you know, everything that went into it. Um, and I just, you know, the human body is the most amazing machine that's ever been put together. But that was not, that was not my goal. And, uh, and it's funny, you know, I'm living in college station here with the university. I get a lot of kids that come in and intern and they observe and things like that. And nowadays it, that is their goal. I mean, they, they want to come out and they want to be a strength and conditioning coach. And a lot of them don't want to coach a sport. They just only want to be in the weight room. Right. And when, when I was in school, that wasn't, that wasn't really a thing. That right. wasn't even really a possibility. Right. It was, Hey, you're going to, you're going to coach. And, and as a result of you coaching, you're going to have to take care of your kids in the weight room. And so when I graduated, I got a job. Uh, my first job was working at a middle school, which uh, any any young kids out there, I, I think when you graduate, that should probably be your first job. And uh, you you really learn a lot about yourself. You learn how to teach. You learn uh, you learn how to be a lot more patient. You learn how to fix stuff when it breaks. Um, and so, but I was in charge of the middle school weight room, and uh, and that was uh, that was a humbling experience. You know, you have a million little middle school kids running around in there and, and forget teaching them how to do things the right way. You got to keep them safe. Right. You got to make sure they're not being knuckleheads. You got to make sure they're not doing things that are, are going to get, get themselves in trouble, get you in trouble. And so I did that for a couple years and then, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to move up and be a varsity football coach at A&M Consolidated. And, uh, you know, I kind of fell into the strength job there. Our, our strength and conditioning coach had left and, uh, you know, nobody wanted the job. Nobody wanted to get there yeah. at 6 a.m. and nobody yeah. wanted to leave at 6 p.m. And right. I was a young guy and I wasn't married, and didn't have any kids or anything like that. And I, I said, I'll do it. You know, I was 25 years old at the time or 24 years old, whatever it was. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, I think like a lot of us, when we're that age, we think we know what we're doing. And then we look back on it, you know, 15, 16 years later and go, God, I was an idiot. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And uh, I just know so much more now than I did then. Um, but that, I mean, in all honesty, I fell into it. And I wasn't certified at that point. You know, I had my degree and you know, like I said, I had a pretty, pretty decent background in what I was doing, but um, you know, I, I wasn't. And so I was in that weight room and uh, very hardworking guy, you know, willing to get there early and stay late and build good relationships with kids, which, I think that that's, that's a good place to start, but uh, very, very fortunate to be five miles away from Texas A&M and have strength coaches there that were very, very open to me coming in and watching them uh, train their kids, watching them uh, you know, do any of their workouts and things like that, and even better than that, coming in on Wednesdays when they didn't have lifting and just sitting in their office and picking their brain about stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I and you know, just the nature of the business at a Division One program, I and mean, there's been several strength coaches that have come through here uh, while I've lived in the area, and I've just been fortunate to to get to build relationships with a few of them and pick their brains and just uh, just learn from them and just take as much as I can from those guys and try to apply it to what we're doing. And uh, I actually picked up my certification, which is my CSCS certification uh, from the NSCA. I picked that up about eight eight or nine years ago. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, people always ask me about that. You know, I don't think letters behind your name make you a better coach. 
Like right. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a different coach because I've got certifications, but I think in the world that we live in, it lends a lot of credibility to the things that you're doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if you don't have some type of a certification, then whether it's right or wrong, there's a lot of people out there that'll just view you as some football coach in the weight room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately perception is, is, is a big part of what we do. And I think it's gotten to the point now where I, I don't know if you're working with kids in the weight room, I think you got to pursue some type of a certification and you need to have those letters behind your name. That way it gives credibility to what you're doing. That way um, you do have a little bit of, of clout when you say you want to do things or, or the way that you want to program things and things like that. And I, I think that goes a long way with parents. Uh, I think it goes a long way with, with other coaches. And uh, I think one of the best things that anybody's ever told me is, is that, you know, everybody has an opinion on the weight room. And if you're in a situation where, you know, more than likely, if it's not the head coach, yeah, somebody's not going to walk by your drill outside and tell you how you need to be coaching your D lineman, right. you know, then and how they need to be taking their steps or something like that. But every coach on staff is going to walk through the weight room and give you an opinion. Every, every parent is going to come in and tell you what they think that you should be doing. And, uh, you know, I, I think that you need to have something to differentiate yourself a little bit from all those other opinions. Not that those certifications or those letters will automatically make you a better coach or, or even a good coach, but I think in the in 2019, that stuff matters. And I, and I think that you got to have credibility to what you're doing. So that's kind of why I picked up my certification. Right. Um, you know, I, I just, I felt like what I was doing was really, really good. I felt like we were doing things the right way. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, there was credibility to what we were doing on paper as well. And, uh, but I have my CSCS and then there's two other strength coaches that work at our school, um, that they both have theirs as well. And I think that's been really, really good for our program. Coach, that's a great point that you made about just having that credibility to be able to, um, you know, talk to parents and talk to other coaches because you're right. You know, every, you get a bunch of coaches who've all been at different places and done different things, and they can look at a kid squatting or power cleaning and all have different opinions on what that should look like. And so to be able to have that, that yeah, that, that credibility, that clout that goes with being certified can definitely help you uh, when trying to make your point and trying to teach something the correct way uh, with your kids. Now, I want to go back to something you said uh, you said earlier about you know, you're seeing more and more of these guys who are wanting to come intern with you who are just wanting to become strength coaches. In, in your opinion, you know, people who are, who are just wanting to be strength coaches and maybe not a football coach or a basketball coach or whatever, is that a good thing for high school athletics? You're starting to see that more and more, or should guys be able to do both? You know, I think it probably depends on, on your program. And, and what you want, I, you know, that's, I'm not trying to give you a weak answer, but I think like a lot of things in life, um, it, it kind of depends on your situation. Um, for me personally, I work with football, obviously I work with boys and girls soccer, and then I work with boys and girls powerlifting and I work with wrestling. The relationships that I have with my football players in the weight room and the relationships that I have with my, uh, my powerlifters in the weight room are just a lot deeper relationships. Yeah. And the reason why is because I spend so much more time with those kids. Whereas I bring in my boy and uh, boys and soccer athletes, they come in and I see them for, you know, 35 minutes twice a week, you know, and it's, by the time we get in there, there's not a ton of time to build relationships on stuff just because 
I've got to get them in there. I've got to get them trained. I got to get them lifted and then I've got to get out to practice. Right. Or they got to get into film or or whatever their coaches might have for them. So that being said, yeah, I feel like I kind of, I kind of miss out on the best part of coaching with a lot of those kids. Um, and, and, you know, you still build relationships with them and it's still, you still get to know them and, you know, they come in and, you know, it's still good, but, uh, I don't know. I think there's just something special about having your kids that you coach in that sport and having them in the weight room. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's just my personal opinion. Right, right. But, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of places that have gone to the, the, the strength co- coordinator where you work with every single sport and that's all you do. And, you know, and I, and I've, I, I've looked at stuff like that, but God, I'm just, I'm just not ready to, to not be on the sideline. I'm right. not ready to right. not be wearing a headset and, and not be out there coaching my dudes. I right. just, it'd be hard for me to walk away from that. And a lot of that, I think goes back to the fact that I got into this whole thing to coach ball, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and I love being in the weight room. I love it. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be doing in the off season right now. If I, if I wasn't in the weight room, right. but, uh, but I don't know what I'd be doing in the fall if I wasn't on the sideline either. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the person. I think it depends on what you want for your program. And uh, I think there's something to be said about knowing that, hey, you know, my job probably depends on how many football games we're going to win. And so there's probably a little bit more accountability there than, hey, if I'm just a strength coordinator and, hey, if we win great. And if we don't, too bad because I've got seven other sports i got to worry about. Right, right. So, but – I, again, I think it's just, it depends on the fit for the program and, and what you're looking for. But for me personally, uh, yeah, I'm going to do both until I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Well, and again, like I, I agree with what you said about it. It's really up to the person. Uh, you don't want a guy who's not passionate coaching football out there just because he wants to be a strength coach, but he feels like he needs to coach something else also. Um, and so I, I, I agree with you on that point. And, and, and it's awesome that you're, you're, I, I think that, uh, you're in a rare position where you are a certified strength coach that also coaches football and, and is passionate about both. And so really, uh, you have the best of both worlds. Uh, and, and, and College Station's very fortunate to have you. And I'm sure they don't ever want to let you get out of that place um, because that is such an awesome, that's an awesome it. combination uh, to have. Well, so you mentioned you know, getting certified. What does that process entail? Like if I'm a, if I'm a, a guy who's not certified, uh, which I'm not, uh, and I want to get certified as a strength coach. What do I, what do I have to do? Well, and there's a lot of different certifications you can pursue. Um, and it, and it kind of just depends on what, what you want. Um, for me personally, um, the NSCA, uh, for me, I always felt like that was kind of the gold standard certification, that CSCS certification. Um, what you do is you, you take a test is, uh, what you, what you have to do to get that certification. The test is a, is a two part exam. Um, the first part of the exam is all of your, you know, it, it's a written science test is basically what it is. Yeah. And it's going to ask you all kinds of different questions about, you know, everything from biology to physiology to anatomy to, to everything. And so all those classes that you had to take, I mean, that's, that's all that information. And it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a, I don't say it's a, a, a really hard test, but it's a pretty difficult test. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like there's not necessarily always a right answer. There's a there's a three right answers, and you pick the one that's the most right. Yeah. Type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was the first half of the test, um, and that was I don't want to say it was. I mean, it was it was challenging. And then the second half of the test is uh, more of the applied type stuff. You watch videos, um, and they basically you watch the videos and you 
say what the the people in the videos are doing correctly or incorrectly and then the other part of the the applied section is they give you like testing norms or they give you an athlete like a case study of an athlete and uh you know what you know here's what their squat is here's what their shuttle time is here's what their vertical is you know what type of a program would you implement to improve and you'd have to know hey if i've got a you know a 16 year old that you know, female that plays girls basketball, you know, what kind of stuff do I need to work on to, to get her to be, you know, full potential of what she can be type stuff. So, and I felt like that was a little bit easier uh, portion of the test just because I'd been coaching for long enough that I'd, I'd seen a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, so the, the other stuff is, you know, I you had know, to refresh myself on the Krebs cycle a little bit, that type of stuff. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, you, you sit down and you take the test, um, and then once you pass it, you get your certification. And then every three years, uh, you have to do continuing education units to uh, to keep that certification up, or it'll or it'll expire. So it's not a lifetime deal. It's every three years, and then you have to recertify. Um, but like I said, either going to clinics or uh, you can watch online uh, seminars and uh, things like that. So, okay. All right. Well, great information, Coach. Well, let's move into training defensive linemen. You know, I think especially in our day and age, you've already kind of mentioned or alluded to it, there's a lot more uh, attention paid to the weight room, and and I think there's a lot a lot more uh, emphasis placed on functional strength and not just these, uh, you know, big, blocky, beefy guys, but really more athletic and, and able, fun, you know, uh, athletically strong, I guess to use that term. Uh, so what are some lists or, or progressions that you like to use to, to train your defensive linemen? Well, I guess to, an, to start out answering that question, I think anybody that knows me, I'm not a sports-specific guy. You know, when I think that there are, are things that all athletes need to do, whether you play soccer or you play basketball or you play football, there are certain lists that are good for everybody. So I kind of apply that same thing to my, my football athletes of there's things that they're all going to do. I mean, we're all going to squat and everybody around the state squatting, but you know, we're right. all going to squat. We're, we're all going to clean. We're all going to do things like that. Now, as we get into it and we get away from a lot of, uh, lists that we're doing for strength. And I think that that's kind of the thing is that for us, I would probably divide what we do into strength, power, and then mobility. And, uh, and I think the kids need to know the difference. They need to know why they're doing the lift. All right. Am I doing the lift to get stronger? Am I doing the lift to be more powerful or am I doing the lift so I can move better? Yeah. And I think that any, any athlete, but especially a kid that's going to play defense, you better be able to do all three of those things because right. I've, I've had the kid that can, can bench press three fifteen and can't do a push up right. And that kid can't play for us. You know, I've had the kid that's this big, huge kid and he can't squat to depth because he shoots his knees forward every single time he tries to sit down. Right. And that kid, that kid can't play for us because he can't get in a stance. Right. And so it, it doesn't matter how strong you are. And like I said, you use the term functional strength. And I love that term. And it's it's become such a dirty word just because you have all these people that kind of throw it around everywhere. And right. uh, But it's true. I mean, it's it doesn't matter how strong I am if I can't play on Friday night. Right. And uh, so for us, we kind of attack all three of those uh, three, three of those areas. And so from our strength aspect, I don't think that we're doing anything that's, that's revolutionary there. I think we're doing a lot of the same uh, movements and lists that everybody else does. You know, we do a, we do a squat, we do a normal back squat, we do a pause squat, 
So we, we back squat on Mondays. On Thursdays, we pause squat. And uh, that's a forced production squat. So I have them hold a two-second pause at the bottom at depth. And then uh, it, it's moved the bar as fast as they possibly can to get back up. Okay. And so uh, I found that that helps a lot with, with hips as well. So if you have kids that maybe they don't, they, they struggle a little bit on their depth, it really forces them to sit in there. And then, and like I said, it, I tell them, I say, I want to hear the weights pop. I, I want to, I want to hear that you're right. I should be walking away and know that you did the squat right. Cause I heard the weights rattle. And, uh, and so that gives us a, an aspect of where I drop the weight a little bit, but the, but the purpose is, is getting that explosiveness, getting that bar speed going. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that are pause squat and there are probably a lot of people box squat, which would probably be a, a similar type, uh, similar type of lift that more people might be more familiar with. Right. Um, you know, we bench, we incline, uh, a lot of our dumbbell work that we do, we do the same thing. I, I have them do a one second pause on their chest and then it's an explosive movement up. Um, I would probably say probably where, where I spend a lot of my time is on the posterior chain. And, uh, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to speak at a couple clinics and, you know, anybody that's heard me speak has probably heard me talk about posterior chain and uh the the joke that i always say is that like you know i don't really care what you look like walking towards me i care what you look like walking away right i want i want a big back i want big glutes and i want big hamstrings that's what i want and uh you know we'll do we do a lot of pulls we do whether whether it's high pulls bent rows and we do a ton of pull movements uh we uh a lot of people have like the, the glute ham benches. We have glute ham pads that we throw down on the ground. We do those three times a week and, uh, and modify stuff with that a lot. Um, you know, we do a ton of single leg movements, um, just because, you know, especially our guys, really all athletes, how many athletes play off two feet, you know? And I, I think it's great that, that you squat, but how many times do I not get that second step down? And then I get blasted by a down block and I got to recover from that. Right. You know, or, right. or I'm running a slant. We slant a lot with our, with our defensive linemen. We just, I don't typically have the 250 pound kid. I typically have the 215 pound kid. And so we move a lot up front and, and we get caught in the middle of a slant sometimes and, right. and we're on one foot. And so I do a lot of stuff with those guys off of one foot doing explosive movements and things like that, because I feel like that's going to translate to, to what's going to happen in the game. And, and we can train perfect world all we want, but you know, how many times are both my hands going to be, you know, tight to my body and my thumbs are going to be at 12 and I'm going to be on both my feet extending off a block. I mean, that, right. that doesn't happen a whole right. lot. So I try to put my guys in a bind where they're training, you know, maybe not the ideal situation. Yeah. And, uh, so we do that a lot. And then, it, I mean, for all of our power movements, I mean, it's hip extension, hip extension, hip extension, hip extension. And I mean, we do, we do the Olympic lifts. All right. But, we do a lot of progression work. We do, um, we've gotten the, the suit bones attachment to the bars, which that's kind of blowing up on social media a little bit. And I'm tell you right now, we, we got those for this off season and that's been a game changer for us Really, because essentially, you know, you have a landmine that you can secure somewhere in your weight room. We have ours secured to the bottom of the squat rack. Yeah. You put the bar in the landmine and then the suit bone, is essentially uh, a giant circle that you put on the other end of the bar, and uh-huh. then you can adjust it to whatever angle you want. Yes. Essentially, yeah. what I'm able to do is I get in there, and, and my guys can hit the sled without breaking the rules and hitting the sled. 
Right. And so uh, we'll get in there and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do snatch on it because it's a lot easier on their shoulders. Um, we'll have them just load their hips and explode up, throw their head through their shoulders. That's yeah. really good, good for them. And then I've got my D lineman where I have them work their slant steps. And so they'll get in there and they'll slant and then extend after they take their steps. So they're physically moving with the weight and then extending the weight once yeah. they get the step that they want. Wow. Um, and then, you know, I know it's a D-line deal, but I'll take my offensive lineman in there and I'll have them zone yeah. and, and take their steps as well. So right. we, we try to make, you know, we're doing hip extension all the time, but we're trying to make it specific to the steps that they're going to have to take in a game um, so that it, it, it'll translate a little bit better. And th- th- I love those soup bones. That's that's kind of my new toy that, yeah. that we've really been fooling around with a lot. And we've probably been hitting those probably three times a week just getting after that. And then, uh, and then the last thing we talk about mobility, um, we overhead squat all the time. Um, you know, and it's, it's not weighted. We do, we do one day a week, we'll do a weighted overhead squat, but anything that is a lower body movement at all, whether it's a lunge, a squat, doesn't matter. We'll start with an overhead squat with a bar and it's six overhead squats, but to the floor. And, uh, you know, I started doing that a while back. I, I ran into a lady and, uh, I, I talking to her at a clinic and, you know, I just, you know, I, like we all do, if we have kids, we kind of experiment on our kids a little bit and have them do stuff. And I'd made the statement about my son going through a growth spurt and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stretch him more and things like that. And she, it was, she was funny because she goes, why do you think he's tightening his hips? And I was like, I don't know. He, he grew like three inches. You know, that's probably why he's tightening his hips. And she was like, do you think he's tightening his hips because he sits in the desk all day? And I was like, well, maybe so. And I started thinking about yeah. it. And you think about other places in the world where mm-hmm. people sit in a perfect squat for hours because they're working in a field or they're farming or they're doing whatever. And I'm sitting here blowing a gasket because my kids can't squat to depth when they've been sitting in their desk for three and a half hours and they roll yeah. over to the athletic period. Right. And I was like, well, all right, coach, maybe, maybe you need to understand the environment they're in for the last three and a half hours. And maybe you need to take 30 seconds to have them do an overhead squat. So we're not wasting the first set of what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's just, that's one of those things that you kind of pick up that, and that's, that's helped us tremendously on our hip mobility. And, and I know everybody does hurdles, but we, we hammer the hurdles big time. And, uh, you know, you know, we talk a lot about hip mobility and then we talk about hip endurance and, uh, we'll hammer those hurdles, um, every day of the week. And our, our hip endurance is important because, you know, we always talk about, and I'm sure everybody's heard, you know, the low man always wins. Well, the more endurance I have in my hips, the longer I can play low. So, you know, that's great if I can play low the first 15 plays of the game, but what about play 68? Can I still play low? And if I have the endurance in my hips to be able to do that, then, uh, then I'm going to be in a lot better situation. So I think kind of just putting all those things together, uh, is kind of what we do for our, for our D linemen, uh, specifically. I mean, a lot of our kids, but right. but specifically those defensive linemen. Is we, like I said, they've they've got to have a good strength base. They got to have that good foundation. We want to make sure their power production and their hip extension is on point, and we coach the heck out of it every single day. And they they get tired of hearing me say it, but I say it anyways. And then, like I said, the the hip mobility and then the hip endurance. Uh, that goes into it as well. And I think you kind of put all those pieces of the puzzle together. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, every once in a while I get that really 
awesome freak of a kid that can just go out there and do stuff. But I would say about the other 99% of the time I got to take my kid and I got to squeeze him for every single drop that he's got. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that we got to do on a daily basis to make sure we're getting everything out of him. Right. Right. Well, so you mentioned posterior chain and, and hips and, and glutes and really that, that lower half stuff. Uh, talk to me about uh, core work and then also maybe some uh, grip work or forearms or, or hand strength, things like that. Uh, that you get that you do with your guys yeah i think a, a lot of what we get um in a lot of our grip work we'll do farmers walks and stuff like that but uh we do a lot we do a lot of shrugs and, and just a lot of the pulls that we do i think helps with a lot of that grip work right. and i think that that's something that uh in my experience i feel like a lot of people might be missing the boat on is that uh a lot of a lot of people i talk to it seems like they're real push heavy you know and i, I think if if nothing else you need to sit down and you need to examine um, how many pushes versus how many pulls are you doing and just kind of just add it up. And I mean, if yeah. you go in there and you're benching and squatting, well, I mean, you're pushing. Right. And so if you add up all those sets and you did, I don't know what real simple number, you did five sets of five, we well, just did 25 pushes. All right. Well, how many pulls did you do? How right. are you going to even that out? And then when we get in the season, that's where we really like, when we roll into spring football, when we roll into the fall, I'll add in more poles just because all our guys do at practice is push, you know? And I mean, every time they hit the sled, it's a push. Every time they get off a block, it's a push every time, you know? And so it's one of those things where you can't just think about what you're doing in the weight room. When you get in the season, you also have to think about what we're doing on the field and you got to add those pushes in as well. And, uh, and if you don't factor that stuff in, I think you end up getting unbalanced athletes and that's where you get kids hurt and, and things like that. But yeah. we do so much pull stuff as far as your, your grip strength question. I, I think we do so much pull stuff. I don't do a whole lot of specific work just on grip strength. I feel right. like I've always been of the opinion if I work big muscles then I'm going to work the small muscles too. Yeah. And so, uh, by all the pulling movements that we do, I feel like that's where we get a lot of, uh, a lot of our grip work okay. as well. Yeah. Great point. And, and I like, you kind of touched on something uh, that I wanted to go to next, and that's just about in, in injury prevention. Uh, you know, obviously we want to keep those guys on the field and not, and not wear them down or, or, or prevent them from, uh, from those injuries. So uh, what are some things that you do, you can do in the weight room specifically to prevent injuries, whether it be ligament or uh, muscle pulls or even things like concussions? Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you right now, if you have the answer to the concussion question, now <laughs> we can sit down and write a book. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, when you look at the injury standpoint, uh, I think a, a guy told me one time, you know, there, how many games are you planning on playing? And I kind of asked him, I said, what do you mean? He goes, what are you planning on playing? Are you playing for a 10-game season or are you playing for a 16-week season? And, uh, and I think when you approach the weight room and when you approach just – the conditioning that you do, the length of your practices, things like that. I think that's something that you've got to consider. And, uh, you know, I think you can, you can work the heck out of your kids, but it's been my experience and my opinion that you want your kids to peak at the right time. And I don't want my kids gassed by week 10. Right. I want them peaking at week 10. Right. And, and I think anybody that comes through and has, has been around our program or, or seen us work our kids, um, we work our kids hard. But, uh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, I think you should work the dog out of your kids, but I think you got to be smart about how you work your kids hard. 
And I think recovery is a really, really important thing that, that sometimes gets overlooked. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, you know, making a kid throw up doesn't necessarily mean that he, he got better that day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I think that we need to be smart about that type of stuff. And I've, I've been around some old school guys that, you know, they want kids bringing their shirts out with sweat and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, and, I, and I'm all about putting a kid on the line and, and hey, we're going to run you and, and we're going to build some courage today and things like that. But I don't know if in the season is the place to do that. And uh, I, like I said, you know, we're, we're planning to, to try and play 14, 15, 16 games a year. That, that's what the goal is in College Station. And so for me, I need to make sure that I'm programming for that goal. Right. You know, and for us, we do a two, two day a week lift. So we'll lift our varsity guys Monday and Wednesday and I'll squat them on Mondays so that they have as much time before the game, you know, to, to stay off their legs as possible. Right. Um, and then, uh, on Wednesday is, uh, we do a lot of power movements and then we'll do lunges on Wednesday as well. And then Saturday after the game, and that was the big question. That was the big thing that I've, I've struggled with for a big part of my career was what do I do with my guys on Saturday? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And especially I've been in situations where we've been in districts where we had to drive two and a half hours to play a district game. And so then, then we play this game and then we get the kids home at two in the morning and who knows what time they actually went to bed. And then we expect them to be up there at nine 30 the next day. And it's, you know, you run into this whole deal of like, well, you know, what are we really doing here? What are we, what are we trying to get accomplished? And about six years ago, I started doing yoga Saturday mornings with our kids. Yeah. And my wife had gotten really, really into yoga and she, she had kind of drug me to a couple classes and, uh, and I was, I'll tell you what, it was one of those things where if you've ever done it, you go to that class and you hate it oh, while yeah. you're there yeah. and then you walk away and you feel like a million bucks yep. the rest of the day. Yep. And, uh, so I went to a, I went to a yoga studio in town and I just said, Hey, if I got you an ad in our, uh, in our program Friday night, would you donate a yoga instructor on Saturdays for my guys? And, and he was all over it, man. He was, a uh, uh he, he owns a couple gyms here in town and things like that. And so we get him a full page ad in our, in our, uh, our program on Friday nights, which, you know, if anybody's listening that, you know, Hey, how am I, I don't have money to pay, pay somebody to come in. That's how we've done it. And, and, and he's definitely, you know, he's donating some stuff to us too. He's, he's taking good care of us, but we have a yoga instructor that comes in every Saturday and does restorative yoga with our guys for about 35 or 40 minutes yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, uh, put your money where your mouth is. She came in and, you know, the first day it's like, I walked around and it's like, you know, you're doing the weight room guy thing and it's, you know, you're making sure kids are doing what they're supposed to and Hey, you know, be quiet and Hey, do what she tells you to do and Hey, do this. And right. she gets to the end of the first session. She goes, Hey coach, I really think that if you got on the floor and did yoga with the guys, they take it a lot more serious. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I guess let's, let's find out how, yeah. how much I really want these guys to do yoga. Yeah. So yeah. I've been getting on the floor with them and I have several of our coaches that get on the floor with them on Saturdays and, uh, and we do yoga with our kids. And, uh, and I'll tell you this coming out of that, the, f the first year that we did it, we only had one kid that missed a game because of injury. Really? And, uh, and just looking at the kids that have missed, we've had, uh, we've had some kids with injuries, but the majority of them have been like broken bones and right. things like that. It hadn't been, you know, real bad. Uh, like you said, like ligaments and things along those lines. Um, 
you know, and it's, it's been great. It's, it's been awesome for us. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge believer in it. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, and I've done other stuff, I've done the, Hey, we're going to lift them on Saturday. Hey, we're going to do a circuit on Saturday. Hey, we're going to do this. And, you know, I just, you know, win or lose, we go in there on Saturday and we get on the floor and, uh, you know, we open them up, man. And I, I think it's been, it's been good. It's gotten to the point where if we'll, we'll get after them real hard on an off season workout, they'll come in and they'll, they'll ask, they'll ask for yoga. They're yeah. like, Hey coach, can you give yeah. us some stuff real quick? Can you give us five minutes of stretches we can do? Yeah. And, uh, and we do it. So, you know, they've, they've kind of bought into it as well. But I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but, but, but I guess in my mind, I think you have to go into it planning to make sure that you're working your kids hard, but you're being smart about how you're right. working your kids. Right. And you have to make sure that you have adequate amount of recovery built in. And I think that, you know, going back to posterior chain, I think the better your kids are in their hamstrings and the more flexible they are just in general, the, the better they're, I mean, the more supple those muscles are going to be and the better you're going to rebound from stuff. Right. Um, you know, especially, I mean, we're running full speed into other human beings for 80 plays a game or whatever it is, you know, right. it's, you, you got to take care of their bodies and, uh, right. and especially as you get deep in the season. And I mean, I think anybody that'll tell you that makes deep playoff runs, I mean, it's about keeping your kids healthy because I'm not in a situation where we've got just tremendous depth. And, and if we lose a guy, it could be disastrous to the team. So right. we need to make sure that we we're smart about how we work our kids. Yeah. So that would, that would probably be my biggest, you know, insight on that. Yeah. Well, and that kind of goes in again in my next question kind of like what you mentioned about, about it's not always necessary about how much the kids are sweating at the end of it or if they're throwing up or whatever that doesn't equal success uh in the weight room for that day and i think like with a lot of things if you if you start with the end in mind you know what is it we want we we're, we're trying to accomplish here uh, that really answers a lot of those questions about you know what we should and shouldn't be doing and what we can what we can cut out and what we need to keep um if we're starting with Okay, we want our guys to to be recovered and to be to to, to perform on Friday night, and to be able to perform uh, during practice and 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 like you said, play for uh, gear up for a sixteen game season. When you're when you're getting ready to introduce your program or you're starting in the off season or even during season, how do you get that buy in from all of your kids that you're talking about? You know, with the yoga where they're actually coming up to you and asking you for it and and wanting to do that that the things that you're implementing. How do you get that buy in from kids? I think uh, the great thing about the weight room is, is that you see immediate results. And I think I can get in there and I can, you know, I can show a kid a, a little bit different technique. I can show a kid, uh, hey, if you if you change this angle of, of what you're doing, hey, feel how much easier that's going to make the lift. You know, if if we go in there and we do yoga and they're they're so beat up when they come in Saturday morning and they hurt so bad and they can barely move. And then 45 minutes later, they pop up off the ground and they can immediately feel better. I think that's, what's great about the weight room. I think if you're implementing it the right way, the kids are going to see the results. And I mean, let's be real. The kids that we deal with, all of us deal with, they live in a culture where they, they want immediate results. They, right. they have a cell phone in their back pocket and they want to, you know, they, they want to get that text message. They want to get that picture. They want to see that video and they want it now. And, uh, and I think that, you know, you, we can, we can say that that's bad. We can say that that's good. It is what it is. And I think that what we have to do is we have to make sure that we, we build that into our program to where they're constantly seeing results. They're constantly seeing improvement. And, uh, you know, I think if you can do that, 
they want to get better. I mean, right. I mean, I don't know a single kid that's in there that doesn't want to be good. And if you can show them that what you're doing is going to make them good, then I think that's where you get your buy-in. I, I think, and I'm, I'm part of an amazing staff with great guys. And, uh, and I think that's huge too. You know, I, I've, I've just been so blessed to, to be able to work with guys that are a hundred percent supportive of what we're doing. I have a boss that was a strength coach for, you know, he ran the weight room for, the last 25 years before he came to college station high school. And, uh, you know, he's been gracious enough to turn it over to me. Um, but he gets it. And right. I think when you're head coach, you know, every day he goes, all right, Hey, you know, what's, you know, who cheated on reps today? Who, who, who wasn't where they were supposed to be. He wants to know. And, uh, you know, when, when you've got the boss, you know, in your corner, a hundred percent, making sure that kids are standing on the line, doing what they're supposed to do. And you've got all the coaches behind you. It's, I, I think, that makes buying a whole lot easier because the kids see that there's not, there's not really another option. You know, it's right. You're, you're either on the boat or you're off the boat. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of the way that it goes. But, you know, it's like I said, they'll, they'll do what you say because you make them. But if you can show them that it's going to work, if you, if they can see their body change, they can see themselves, feel themselves getting stronger. I mean, I think that that's the, that's the best way to hook a kid. Right. For sure. Right. Well, so that's how, how you get the buy-in with your athletes now I'm a new coach that's that's joined your staff, and I'm not a certified strength coach. I'm just a, I'm just a ball coach. So how do you educate the coaches on your staff to for you all to be using the same cues and to be looking for the same things, and and that way you're getting that uniformity in coaching across the board. Whether you know I'm watching power cleans or I'm watching squats or whatever it is I'm watching. How do you educate your coaches on things to look for and and things to say and remind your athletes of when they're lifting? You know, what I've had a lot of success with is that uh, we we haven't had a whole lot of turnover. Yeah. So we don't really have a situation where I've got five or six new coaches that are coming in every single year. Usually, uh, I mean, there, there's been years we didn't lose anybody. And, uh, you know, but usually if we have guys come in, it's one or two guys. And, uh, and I can be in a situation where uh, there's me or my assistant is, a, is also a certified strength coach. I can, I can have one of those guys kind of shadow us for, uh, for, you know, a first few weeks or, or whatever it may be until they feel comfortable or until I feel like, you know, that, that they're, that I'm comfortable with them kind of peeling off. And, uh, and, and that way they can hear the verbiage that we use. They can, they can hear how we say things. They can know exactly what we're looking for. Um, and then I, I try to put them in situations where, um, you know, I'll put them in a situation where, hey, you know, I'm going to give you this station today, and these are the three lists that are going to happen at this station. This is exactly how I want them coached, and this is what you need to be looking for. Yeah. I'll let them do that for a couple weeks, and then I'll go, hey, I'm going to put you at this station today. Hey, here are the three lists that you're going to look at, and I'll kind of rotate them around. And then by the time you know it, and the off season's over, they've they've coached every lift in the weight room, yeah, and uh, and they've coached it the way that that we all want it coached, right? And it's and it ain't about it's not about hey you got to do it Coach Frazier's way that that's not what it's about. It's about we've all got to do it the same way, yeah, and we got to make sure that we're all saying things the same way because yeah, you know how it is. You could be coaching a kid um, to do the same thing I'm coaching the kid to do, but if you use different words, then they're, right. it's, it's not going to get through to them. And it doesn't, I mean, I think anybody that's coached any kind of, any kind of sport at all, but especially football. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, you got to know how to teach and teaching is teaching. And, uh, and I right. think if, if you get in there and you're willing to learn, uh, it's good. And I've been, I've been very, very fortunate that, uh, very few times have I been around, um, really stubborn people that, that don't, don't want to 
you know, kind of learn and, and do things the way that we're doing them. Right. And, and I've got no problem with questions. I know, I know that there's, there, there's definitely people out there that they get defensive when you ask them questions. My, my opinion has always been, you know, ask me questions because if I can't give you five reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing, then why am I doing it? And that's, yeah. that's not, I kind of made the statement earlier about this generation of kids. You know, I, when I was a kid, you know, coach told you to do something, you shut your mouth and you did it. Right. And that's, that's just the way it was. And I'm not saying that was right, but that's how it was. And uh, I think these kids today have kind of grown up in, in a culture where, well, explain to me why we're doing this. Right. And, and I've, I've got no problem with that. Yeah. I really don't. And, and I, I know that there's probably some people out there that they feel like they're getting questioned by a kid. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll have a 90 second conversation with you about why we're doing it. And by the end of the conversation, Hey, tell me why we're not doing it. You know, like, I've given you five reasons and, and I've backed it up with the proof and the evidence and things like that. Yeah. And, and that, that's why we're doing it. And, and a lot of our kids are smart. I mean, with the university here, I mean, their parents are doctors and all this type of stuff um, that they're smart, smart, intelligent kids. And uh, I don't think they're asking to be defiant or anything like that. They just, they want to know, they, right. they want to know what the, right. the thought process is behind what we're doing. And, I think if you can explain it and they trust you, uh, they'll run through the wall for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes to coaching a kid up on, you know, in the weight room, they're lifting and you're walking up, you're on that platform or you're on that rack. I'm sure it's like anything else, you know, when you're coming, when you're coaching that kid up on technique, less is more. Uh, I don't know if you're a golfer or not, but you know, sometimes if you've ever gone to do golf instructions or uh, gone to a golf instructor, those guys can give you so many things that's wrong with your swing, you can't even bring the golf club back, right? Because uh, no you got your, your head down, uh, you know, arms straight, and then and then you're 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 thinking about everything, and you can't even you can't even swing the club. And so, how do you do that? How do you coach a kid up on the fly in the weight room, you know, but in an effective way where you're not slowing things down and keeping that kid from getting his reps in? Uh, how do how do how do we do that? I try to keep my coaching cues at like one, two, three words tops. Yeah, and and I just I'll walk by and I'll just I'll say something to him. You know, hey, get your chin up. You know, and that, that right there, I don't need to tell them, Hey, you need to, you need to get your eyes up so that put your spine in a more neutral position. I'm out on that. Just hey, get yeah, your chin up, yeah. do it. If you want to talk about it after, after lift, then we can talk about it after lift, you know, Hey, your feet are ugly, fix your feet, you know, right. uh, you know, Hey, dip your hips and drive, you know I mean? Just get your chest big. I mean, stuff like that, you know, I, I don't need, I don't need a, some big monologue about why, why we're doing it. You right. know? And if they come back after the fact, then I'm happy to talk to him, but and I mean, probably like every coach in the state right now, our, our head coach is a, he, he's a fast paced offense guy. And so he, he wants things moving. He wants right. them popping around. He wants a sense of urgency to everything that we're doing. And, uh, and, and that goes for every, and that, that's a big part of our programming in the weight room that I need to make sure that everything is programmed so that, you know, as these kids are going from one thing to another, they're getting active rest while they're doing it, you know, so I, I can blast their shoulders and the very next thing we're going to hit their hamstrings and the very next thing they're going to hit their chest. And, you know, that way they're, they're working these different muscle groups. And to go along with that, I just got to make sure my coaching cues are, are shortened to the point. And yeah. even more than that, I got to make sure that all the other coaches are using the same coaching yes. cues I'm using. Yeah. I think, and, yeah. and I think that's, that's the big part of it. And, I, you know, it's kind of like we talked about before, before the interview started. I think one of the, the most uh, enjoyable things as a coach is when you're walking around and you're hearing, you know, some kid that's a junior giving the same coaching cues to a sophomore that you would give 
and that's just kind of shows that it's you know it's kind of trickling down a little bit that they've i think that's your total buy-in is when the kids are coaching each other and they're coaching them the way that you would coach them yeah and and they're kind of they're kind of starting to see it and they're starting to learn and and develop and that's i don't know it may may sound a little corny but as a coach that's one of my favorite things to see yeah Uh, coach your, your wife is is also the head trainer at your school and that's that's sort of a unique uh, I would say advantage to have, you know, to be that close with your trainer. And, and obviously, so you're in the loop with well, when it comes to who's banged up. And so how do you handle injured athletes in the weight room? Well, and the, the funny thing is what you just said. So, yeah, my wife is a, a head athletic trainer in, uh, in Chelsea. Just, she does a phenomenal job. Um, and she's, she's funny because uh, she's as tough on them as I am. And yeah. so there's just, I, I think, you know, obviously not everybody's going to be uh, going to be hooked up with their athletic trainer, but uh, I think having a really great relationship with their trainer where you feel comfortable sending kids in there. Cause I think that we've all kind of been in that whole deal where it's like, Oh, don't go in there. They're going to shut you down for two weeks. Don't do right. that. You know? Right. Right. But I think having a, having somebody that you have a good relationship with and, you know, I, I think part of it too is, is if you are certified, then they have a little bit more faith in you as well. Yeah. That whatever modifications they need for the kid that, that are actually going to get done. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of just having known a lot of athletic trainers through Chelsea, I think that there's a, there's a fear there of, Hey, this kid's going to get hurt or this kid's going to get hurt worse. Right. And then I'm going to be the one that's going to have to clean up the mess. Cause I'm going to have to be the one that's going to talk to their parent. I'm going to be the one that's going to have to coordinate with a doctor or a PT or, right. or whatever. And so it'd be easier if I just shut them down for two weeks, than then send them in there and not knowing what's happening. Yeah. But I think if there's a really solid relationship there, they understand what you're doing in the weight room. You understand what they're doing uh, in their training room. And, and we don't have to uh, – believe me, I don't tell Chelsea how to do her job. That's not that, – right. that would not be good in any aspect yeah, of our relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to. You know, I trust her, and I, I know that she's got the best interests of the kids um, in mind in everything that she does. But I think that that relationship's important because, once again – you know, we have great kids, but they're kids. And, you know, I need to know if the kid is, is hurt or if the kid is injured. Right. And, exactly. you know, and, and there's a big difference. And I think as coaches, we know the difference. And I think sometimes our kids don't necessarily understand it, especially our younger ones. Right. And probably the, the funniest moments at our school is when we have these incoming freshmen that uh, they'll come to me and they'll like, they'll say, oh, hey, the, the trainer told me I didn't have to lift today. And I said, oh, really? I said, she did, huh? Yeah, she told me I didn't have to get dressed out. I said, okay. I said, well, hey, let's go in there, and if I go in there right now and I ask her, and, and she's going to tell me that, that she told you you didn't have to lift weights at all today. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's going to tell you that. I said, okay, let's go in there. And so they hadn't figured out that she's my wife. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll walk into her office, and I'll be like, hey, did you tell this kid that? And she would never tell a kid that ever. And she goes, no, I didn't say that. I always look at the kid and I go, well, here's the problem, bud. Either you're lying to me or my wife's lying to me. <laughs> and so it's, it's always a funny moment when they figure out that, that Doc Frazier and Coach Frazier got the same last name for a reason. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but we also have, uh, we have software. Uh, so she has a computer in her training room. And any kid that comes in for treatment in the morning, 
has to sign into that. And oh, then cool. what she'll do is, is she'll, she'll make notes on everything. Hey, this kid came in for a thigh contusion. Uh, activity is tolerated. Hey, this kid came in for an ankle sprain and uh, he's restricted to reduced weight on all lower body lift, like whatever. And, and I get an email at like nine o'clock in the morning. And so before I ever get to the athletic period, I know every single kid that's come in for treatment. I know exactly what's going on with them. And I've already had an opportunity to kind of yeah. modify or adjust what's going on. Yeah. And the best part of that is, is that if some kid comes to me and says, Hey coach, I'm hurt. I can't do this. Well, you didn't come in for treatments this morning, bud. So yeah. it didn't hurt bad enough for you to get up here and get somebody to take care of it. So get your butt in the squat rack. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And, uh, and that, like I said, that, that shores up a lot of stuff pretty quick, you know, and then obviously, you know, we, we're going to have kids that come out of the season banged up. You know, we, we had a kid that did have a knee injury, um, that, that had to have surgery. Uh, we had another kid that, uh, you know, had a broken arm, that type of thing. And, uh, we just put those kids in there and we modify things and we do, you know, one arm movements or I have lower extremity, uh, injury. Uh, I have a, a, a training program for those kids and I have an upper body extremity injury, um, uh, training program that I have for those kids that's, you know, allows them to still get in and do things and things like that. Right. So, but, uh, my deal is this, is that I feel like I'm a professional and I don't want people coming into my classroom and telling me how to teach my class. I don't want people coming to my drills and telling me how to do my drills. I don't want people coming in the weight room and telling me what to do. I think as coaches, and I think we don't need to go into the training room and tell those athletic trainers how to do their job. Yeah. And I think that if we can go in there and if you're fortunate enough to have a great athletic trainer, build an awesome relationship with them and have great communication and understand that you guys are on the same team. And I think if the kids know that you guys are on the same team, then that clears up a lot of stuff before it ever starts. Yeah, you're right. Coach, to me, in in a lot of ways, it's like that a parenting relationship. You know, the 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 kids are usually gonna prey on the 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 parent that they thinks the easiest or the most likely to change their mind. But if you're presenting a united front to your kids and they know, hey, what dad says, mom's gonna say the same thing, and vice versa. Then, no doubt. Then that's it. And and so you talk to the trainer, you talk to the coach, they're they're gonna say the same thing. They're speaking the same message, and and that's such a pivotal relationship to have right really for your whole football team because that like you said that athletic trainer is vital to uh, your program and and that that mutual trust and respect uh is it has to be there in order for uh for 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 your team to be successful uh so that's a great point uh and just in talking with the communication and and the relationship there uh because if that's not there then that's going to be really difficult and you're putting a strain on your team that's going to be obvious to to all those athletes and then you get in a power struggle and that's never good no doubt well, at coaches, we get ready to close up and, and wrap things up. Uh, what's one way you're looking to improve this off season? You know, we're always kind of like scratching for, for other stuff. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's funny. I, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, it's like, I'm kind of always like looking over my shoulder, like making sure that like, we're not missing anything, yeah. you know? And, uh, we, we get, I wouldn't say we get a whole lot of move-ins. We probably get a handful of move-ins or whatever. And I always joke with those kids, um, you know, I said, Hey, I want you to do this. I said, I want you to go through what we're doing for a month. And, uh, I said, then we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what you did at your old school. And you're not going to tell me, Hey, oh, it's so much harder here. I said, I don't want to hear that nonsense. I want to hear what did you do that we're not doing? What did you do that we are doing? What are we not doing that you wish that we were? What are we missing the boat on and things wow. like that? 
And so I give them about a month to six weeks. And, uh, and we get some kids that come in some, from some pretty pretty prestigious programs around the state. And, uh, you know, we get some kids that come in from, from, from some programs that are struggling a little bit. Um, but regardless of where they come from, their insight's really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, and I always do that. And, I, and like I said, I, I, I try to build a relationship with them. Because you know how those kids, they move in and they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear when they first get there. But they, you start to learn their personality a little bit and yeah, things like that. And that's, I'm just hearing from kids, yeah. you know, Hey, this hey coach, we, we used to do this and man, it, I felt like it really helped a lot or, yeah. Hey man, we're, I'd never done this before I got here. And Hey, these, like we do, we do single leg barbell lunges and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a difference maker for us. And a lot yeah. of the kids have never done them before. You know, they've done dumbbell lunges and things like that, but I mean, we'll do heavy weighted lunges and they've never done them. They're like, coach, I, I feel like it's making me faster. I mean, it's, so I think when you hear that kind of feedback from kids, um, and, and that's huge and that's, that's easy. All you have to do is just right. ask them what they think. Right. And then I, and I think it just goes a long way, just letting them feel like they have a little bit of, you know, input yeah, on what's exactly. going into the program and things like that. I, I think that's valuable to kids, yeah. especially um, I think being it's valuable new. to everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's a big thing, you know, but like all of us, I, you know, I'm trying to do the clinic season, you know, trying to get to clinics and try to learn from people um, and just, just try and get a little bit smarter, try to try to learn a few more things. You know, I've, I heard a guy say a long time ago, it was one of those deals where it's like, hey, if you go to a clinic and after the guy gets done speaking, you want to change your whole philosophy. Well, you probably didn't have a philosophy. Yeah. yeah. And so I've kind of trained myself now to to go in there and it's like, all right, I'm going to try and learn you know, five things. I want to come out of this, this clinic and I want to have five things that I want to try. I want to have five things that, that I want to see my kids do that, that, that I have not done or, or I want to do it a different way. Yeah. Um, and then I'm real excited. Uh, we're actually going to visit the university of Texas, um, actually next week. Okay. And we've been, we've, we've been, uh, several times over the last couple of years and that, that staff has just been so welcoming to us and, uh, just the opportunity to, to sit down with, uh, with coach, Orla uh, coach Orlando and, and coach Giles and just to get to pick those guys brains. And, you know, I've been to, you know, we've all been and visited different universities and things like that. And sometimes they just put you in a, in a room and let you watch film. And right. every time we go to, every time we go to UT, man, they, they drop what they're doing and they sit with us and they let us just pick their brains and ask them questions. And, and I come out of there a better coach every, every single time we go. Awesome. So it's, those guys have been great and it's, I'm really looking forward to going back next week. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Fortunately we live in a state where there's a lot of university, a lot of great ball coaches uh, really within a stone's throw of where anybody lives in it. And it, and, and most of the time those guys are willing to talk. And especially today with social media being what it is, it's, it's really, if you're not, uh, finding information or, or, or seeking out those things, it's it's really hard not to do that because it's it's available to you everywhere. That's a, that's that's awesome that you're able to do that. Uh, well, Coach, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Good luck to y'all this spring and and this next season. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it, and it's it's just nice to be included with uh, with such a great group of guests that you've had. So thanks for thinking of me, and, you know, if uh, there's anything I can do to help anybody out there, just uh, I'm on Twitter, and you shoot me an email, and, you know, I'm always trying to learn and trying to share whatever I've got. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach Frazier. Appreciate it. Thanks again so much to Coach Frazier for coming on today and sharing with us his expertise about the weight room and training defensive lineman. Make sure you give Coach Frazier a follow on Twitter at Coach Frazier. That's at Coach, 
F-R-A-S-H-U-R-E. Our quote of the day comes from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's all we got today. Until next time, keep your pads down.